0: This episode of the PC Perspective podcast is brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. Get $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com/pcper and enter code PCPER. Hey everybody, welcome to the PC Perspective podcast. This is episode 402. Being recorded on June first, two thousand and sixteen. I'm Ryan Shroud. I'm Jeremy Hillstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. I'm Alan Malmentano.
1: I'm Sebastian Peak.
0: You know, I guess I'm recording this in the future because where I'm recording this, it is June second. Yeah. So Which means I missed my credit card payment. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> That's unfortunate. Uh, So I already know everything that we're going to talk about. I've been here. I've done that. Um, I'm still over in Asia. I didn't go to Computex, uh, clearly. I guess not clearly. But uh, I I stayed on the uh, special administrative region of Macau, which is where AMD had their tech day, where we'll talk about the uh, Radeon RX 480 and the Polaris stuff here in a little bit. Um, uh, It is very hot. It's very humid. What's the weather like at home, guys? Raining. Raining. Oh, yeah? Yep. it be raining. It'd be hmm. raining. I've, I, it's later like tonight, 60 I start degrees my, here. 60?
2: 60.
0: Laramie. What do you expect? It's a heat wave. Yeah. It's, true. it's hot. I'm Melted sweating. all the it was, snow. It was like 85 yesterday. I haven't bothered to look at what it is today And about 120% humidity. Can you do that? Can you go above 100% humidity, or is that just called rain? No, yeah. I it's just called rain. You can go over it. Fog. Yeah. Yeah, it's it was a point yesterday where it was hard to see and it's not smog, it's just water in the air that that makes it difficult to see through. Um mm-hmm. so we've got a lot of stuff to get to today and we'll try to do it uh as quickly as possible, I guess, and uh as long as my internet holds up, I'll continue to to kind of host a podcast here. Um let's start with the GeForce GTX 1070, I guess. Um you're just I'm jumping gonna skip right into the reviews. Gonna, I'm going to skip all the other stuff. We've got too much other stuff to get to. We uh, uh, subscribe to our list. Go to our Patreon page. Yeah. Uh, if you if you subscribe to Patreon or contribute during the show recording, I will read your name uh, during the live stream. Which I already have one, so I guess I'll do that as well. Um, Jared Pavi pledged nine ninety nine nine ninety nine, which I believe is in celebration of Josh. Um, so Good. we we greatly appreciate that. Uh, did you see Johnny's uh, leather jacket? By the way, Josh, that was
2: that was a sweet, sweet leather jacket. I, exactly. It's like he one-upped Jensen Wong in terms of of quality and style of leather jackets. I mean, it it really was more Matrix. And you thought no. Carrie Ann Moss would be coming out and uh, and helping him uh, describe the the beautiful, <laughs> wonderful uh, products yeah, but we all that he's selling that. for nine ninety nine.
0: Does anybody know who the girl was that was like the host of the event? I had never seen her before, but she came out and she was dressed in like a leather jacket and spandex pants and these like red leather half gloves. And I was like, oh, this is going to be one of those kinds of press conferences, isn't it? And then Johnny comes out in a leather jacket and then the Intel guy comes out in like a full leather trench coat. And I was like, yeah, okay. I mean, this is one of of just think about the weather. They were obviously be <laughs> wearing leather in Taiwan right about now. Yeah. It's like insulation though, right? It's like when you see people who are out working in the sun where they're wearing long sleeve shirts and long pants and like uh, a hat with a cover over their whole body. They're doing it for insulation. They're trying to keep the sun away from them. And I think that's what they were doing with the heavy leather leather materials. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, okay. Now let's get into uh, the reviews and stuff. Uh, we'll go ahead and jump into the GTX. 1070. Um, this is a uh, video card that was announced several weeks ago when they announced the GTX 1080, and now we actually have it. A quick rundown on the specs is that it is a the same GP104 GPU, slightly cut down. You're looking at 1920 CUDA cores instead of 2560. You're running at 100 megahertz lower rated clock speed. Um, you know, cut down on texture units equivalent to the GPU cores. Um, your ROP units stay the same as uh, uh, on the GTX 1080. So you still have a 256-bit memory interface. It's running GDDR5 instead of GDDR5X, uh, but it is running at 8 gigahertz or 8 gigabits per second. Uh, 150 watt TDP, 5.7 teraflops, uh, and and obviously still built on that 16 nanometer process. Now it has two prices, of course. You have your $379 MSRP and you have your $499 uh, Founders Edition. So the same debate exists for the 1070 that existed for the 1080 in terms of do you consider the Founders Edition to be the real price? Do you consider MSRP to be the real price? When and uh, uh, and how many cards will we actually see come in at the 379 price? Uh, I am still basing my assumptions on two things. One, that the Founders Edition will be the only card available day one. <clears throat> and two, that the uh, other cards will be available at some point at 379. It may take several weeks and I've seen lots of people in the comments of uh this story and on the RX Friday story saying, "Oh, you can't, you know, the, the 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 1070 or the 1080 selling for $100 over and it's $900 on Amazon." And all that is absolutely true. Uh but I think what we're looking at is the initial excitement move to get product and not really um like what we're actually where we're actually settled at so uh keep that in mind as we kind of discuss i guess um the card is identical the founder's edition card's the same as uh, uh the 1080 no changes here still one eight pin power overclocking wise i got this card up to 1987 so um maybe 50 megahertz less than the gtx 1080 um it's a second page there alan um that's that's pretty impressive again, knowing that the base clock is fifteen oh six, I think, and we were able to overclock it to a point. I think I was using a plus uh what was the offset there? Plus one seventy-five, I think, which resulted in a measured core clock of nineteen eighty seven. So almost two gigahertz, but not quite two gigahertz. Um so so pretty impressive metrics there in terms of of headroom. Um still still figuring some stuff out. I didn't have a whole lot of time with this card before I left to come to the AMD event. Um but like the power target seems to be variable based on the card. Uh, according to what some of the other stuff I'm seeing says, uh mine was only able to go up to 112%. We'll see what the what the card's out in the in the um uh Great Wild Markets show. These are supposed to be on sale on June 10th, I believe. Uh, in terms of performance, this is a twenty uh, percent reduction from the GTX 1080 or so, and it is a if you compare it, your two cards, you're going to compare it to the most are probably um, the GTX 980, GTX 970. Um, it is a significant jump over the 970. We're talking like fifty to seventy percent over um, the GTX. 970 and probably 30 to 40 percent over the gtx 980 so um you know it depends obviously on on game to game it it is a very close equivalent match to the performance of a gtx 980 ti so um more or less the performance you're getting out of a 980 ti is going to be the performance that you get out of uh, uh the the gtx 1070 keeping in mind that the 980ti was launched at 649 and was selling at 649 up until you know a few weeks ago. Uh, This card will launch at 379 for MSRP and then 449 for the Founder's Edition. So you get um, you're getting a pretty good improvement in performance for your dollar. Uh, If you compare it to the AMD side, you've got like the R9 Nano is 499 and the R9 390X is 389 or so, Uh, and you're looking at anywhere from 25 to 50 percent faster than the r9 390x at significantly lower power that's actually an interesting thing if you look at the, the second to last page alan the pc respective adaptive power testing or advanced power testing i'm sorry the um like the first graph there uh that looks at uh tomb raider up a little bit nope you went the, too far the first graph oh sorry <laughs> the the you're first going to the, you go. the charts there you go. That yellow line at the top is the power consumption of the R9 390X. That's about 275 watts. The GTX 1070 is the blue line all the way at the bottom, which is registering at about 145 to 150 watts. Uh, and then the GTX 970 is maybe 5 watts higher than it. It's the orange line. Um, so you're getting, you know, if you compare perform- like performance per watt, it's always one of these metrics people talk about. The The, the 1070 is... You know, fifty percent faster or so than the nine seventy, but is using five watts less power. Um but if you compare it to that yellow line, like it's fifty percent faster than the R nine three ninety X or forty percent faster than the R nine three ninety X and it's using a hundred and twenty watts less power or something like that. So clearly AMD had a disadvantage at this particular price point um for uh for performance like that.
3: Gosh um, and, and
2: who would have thought that a process technology jump of essentially two generations and, and one shot would give you <clears throat> performance like this. I, I,
0: I mean, I expected it to be better, but I honestly didn't expect it to be this much better. Right. Uh, it's, it, it's impressive how they've done it now. The same or similar process node advantage or improvement should be seen when you go to, um, uh, AMD's uh, 14 nanometer with global foundries. We think, um, but, you know, you have to see how it is in, in actual and, and how it's realized, right? Um, so I don't I don't want to spend a whole lot more time on the 1070 because we have so much other stuff to talk about. But, I mean, do you guys have any questions, concerns? Do you think it's pricing? We always get this, this group of people ever since, I, think, I guess it was the 980 or was it the 780 that started it where – People assumed that, oh, this is actually a mid-range card that people are releasing as the high-end card, that NVIDIA is selling for the high-end card price. Um, but we're still seeing pretty dramatic performance improvements, you know, generation over generation, power improvements, generation over generation. I still think that like the 1070, if it goes on sale and when it goes on sale for 379, is going to be like a really, really impressive card. Now, 379 is still a lot of money for most people for building a PC, but like if you're looking at VR, if you're looking at 25 by 14 or you know 3440 by 1440 ultra wides, um, the 1070 looks like kind of like the perfect match of performance for those groups.
2: Yeah, and they've and they've got some go overclocking ahead. that you can do to it too, as well, and, and and some leg room. Um, the eight gigs of, of memory is good when you have the higher resolutions or like maybe you've got three monitors that would that would be kind of a nice update. Um, Certainly, uh, you don't have SLI or Crossfire issues with a single card that is this much faster than, say, the 970 or, or the 390x. Um, these are right. all you know big positive things for NVIDIA. It's it's it seems like it's a well designed part. The engineers did a good job in getting uh, clock speeds up as high as they have. Um, certainly, we're not seeing you know two gigahertz on on most models, but you know fifteen hundred megahertz up to 16 and a half is is you're you're getting some pretty good throughput so uh, yeah it's it's a tempting tempting product uh, when you look at these 379 price point but of course you have to wonder how quickly are we going to see the partner designs on June mm-hmm. 10th that will be at that point rather than the 449 Founders Edition, which will be probably the most common. And then the second thing you have to ask is <laughs> how good will availability be for the next month after that? Yeah. Uh, will they be yeah. able to supply the market with all of the demands? Because 379 is a much easier pill to swallow than, what, 699 Five ninety nine of the uh, yeah. ten eighty. Um, well, yeah, and then but we have another variable that gets thrown in, and we can talk about that later. But I was sniffing around
4: the the cheapest one in stock on Amazon for a ten eighty was nine hundred and twenty four dollars US.
5: Yeah, but like
4: that always happens. Yeah, yeah that people happens, Jack it, it, it
5: always up, happens,
0: like, like, and yeah, just looking at what, going. So, geez, I mean, here, like, here's here's what Canada's I would say about that. Canada's going to be hurting. Mm-hmm. Don't don't pay attention to Amazon prices that are sold through resellers. It's like eBay pricing essentially. Yeah. Um, pay attention to Newegg when they get them in stock. What are they selling? So for? They don't. Um, well, I, like I had a tweet last night from uh, uh, somebody that there, there were some Zotac ones that were in stock, and I, I don't I don't remember what they were priced at, but they weren't like eight hundred dollars. Um, so yeah, it, it's there always were some MSI like ones like this at the about beginning. two hours
2: ago, and they were six ninety nine. Not bad. Yeah.
0: But they are all sitting around about the
4: same time, and I couldn't find a single one in stock on Newegg anywhere, which is not shocking, right? This early in the game, that's not shocking. But the other thing I'm trying to do is keep an eye, because up here in Kanakistan, (laughs) it's not going to be that price. So I'm just sort of keeping an eye on what the pricing is doing down there, because we'll be delayed by about a month. That always takes longer for supplies to get up here and then for them to sell. Because I mean, the 1070 is—I haven't been tempted for it to go Nvidia in a long time. And looking at what this thing's doing and the theoretical price, that's pretty damn impressive.
6: Looks like the on Newegg there is an MSI 1080 for sale in stock. Ooh. How much is it? Six ninety
0: nine. Is a Founder's Edition?
6: Probably. Click uh, let's look.
0: Yep. As edition. expected. Yep. Pretty much. So I mean, you 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 could have a valid argument about whether or not uh, that's a good price, right? That the founders edition may be overpriced still, um, but the, at least it's MSRP. At, at least it's yeah, what they said the, it was going to be. Right. Right. And if there's um, a
2: silver lining here, let's look on eBay. It's that this higher <laughs> price has slowed down demand, so they can actually meet it. And people will quit complaining. Hey, this is a paper launch.
0: I mean, that's that's. I mean, keep in mind, like, yeah. I don't want to get too much into business school with you, but that, that's their goal, right? Their goal is to perfectly match price to demand, so that they're selling everything that they produce. They don't want to have stuff on a shelf, and they don't want to have people angry that they can't buy the product. Um, and and so it sucks that they're that they are raising the price essentially to to gain access to their products um but it's the same mentality that everybody has right we'll talk about the 1700 broadwell e processor. where clearly intel has a lot of very intelligent people on their on their staff i'm told uh that justify that 1700 price to uh, a specific audience and that they will sell what they make or or either that or they don't care but nvidia definitely cares um So, and and I think the same thing will happen with the with the 1070. I I have a feeling that there will be more demand for the 1070 than there is for the 1080, uh, just because you know you're saving 120 bucks uh, or 220 bucks. I'm sorry on um, just like MSRP to MSRP. So, um, we'll we'll see how we'll see how that goes, and it's something that we will keep track of uh, moving forward. It's kind of like the stock process or the stock state. I guess. Uh, let's uh, quickly uh, jump over to Josh here where he's going to tell us a little bit. Uh, I think we need to do a, a separate discussion about this sometime and maybe get mm. some of the Arm guys on with us, Josh. Sure. Um, but uh, give me, give me a, a high-level overview of what uh, Arm talked about a few weeks ago and, and what, it, what it means. You
2: know, I drank so much in between then and now that I just can't remember a damn thing.
0: Yeah, I know. So that. can you we know. move
2: on? No. Okay. So anyway, uh, ARM announced multiple products. Uh, The three big ones are the A73, the Cortex A73. It's a new processor technology architecture that is aimed at providing higher peak performance, better performance, and lower uh, power consumption than the previous A72. Now, the interesting thing here is that the A72 was designed by the folks in, in Cambridge, and the, uh, the A73 is is actually by the design group in France. And so there are some significant architectural differences. Like um, the A72 is a, a, a 3D code and I believe three wide architecture. Uh, the A73 is a, is a 2D code and, and two wide superscalar architecture. Um, they have focused on getting the highest overall performance they can get and still reducing power. And they do this by some really really smart, solid work. Um, I think essentially what you could say is is they've kept clock, clock speeds up high. They've shortened the pipeline so it's 11 stages versus 14. They've kept clock speed again up there. I think I already said that. Anyway. And they work to really dramatically squash any kind of bubbles that go through the pipeline. So Say you, you've got an instruction and you want to execute it, but it's waiting for something else to come through, and that instruction causes kind of a, a bubble in, in, in the pipeline where nothing is really done because there's an instruction waiting for more data to come in. So they've worked extensively on the front end to get that uh, down Um they've designed this for processes, I believe 28 nanometers down to the latest 10 nanometer, uh, process from TSMC, which they should have silicon really, really soon from their test chips that utilize the a 73 architecture. And, uh, we'll hopefully be hearing about that here in the next three or four months. I mean, they probably already have it in the labs, but they don't ever want to talk about it until they, they know everything works and this hunky dory. Um, so it's it's a not a huge jump, but it's a significant jump. So you're looking at thirty percent less power uh, for similar performance. You, you're looking about fifteen to twenty percent more performance, the same power. When we're talking about uh, workloads that um, the average mobile user is doing, which is increasing and increasing over time, because there's more and more applications, more things they want to do. Uh, we're going to have uh, uh, cameras on cell phones that are more than twenty megapixels. Uh, people are going to do you know four K video on their on their cell phones, and you've got to do a lot of these things, and it requires a lot of processor power. And plus, these phones are just getting thinner and thinner, and so the thermal envelopes are are shrinking, and they've got to try to match you know next generation type performance, but still not going over this thermal envelope, and being able to enable. The, the manufacturers to make thinner and thinner and more interesting looking devices that, that will sell through well and people will want to pay these premiums for. And so you can go into the article. I mean, there's a ton of stuff that they did um, to just the Cortex A73. Then we talk about the G71, the Mali G71. It's their next generation graphics technology. It, uh, again, I mean, if, if I could kind of wrap things up. And I won't exactly, but harm is doing more with less when you've got products that that comprise billions of transistors, there's a lot of room for optimization and improvement with that many transistors and so this is what they've done with not just the a seventy three but the g seventy one They've simplified some things, they've made some really, really smart moves, and they're they're optimizing the overall efficiency. And the throughput of these products. So, for like the the G seventy one, they've converted everything to quads, and it's still a Tyler architecture. Which, as you well know, from the old VideoLogic days, and uh, and and I think I can't remember who else has Tyler. Uh, you know, Imagination Technologies, obviously, who was VideoLogic. That it's it's highly memory efficient because they're so aggressive in. Uh, culling of pixels that don't have anything to do with the final frame of the scene. And so they also have uh, you know, they, they they take workloads they put them into quads and the nice thing about these quads is you can rearrange when those are executed. That's a thing called clause. I think clause intervention. I can't remember exactly. There's many, many, many words in there. Um, but the thing about quads is that uh, all the pixels and the instructions there they will have data that is adjacent to each other in in main memory or cache memory and so there 's not a huge amount of, of memory bandwidth required to be able to handle the data needs of, of these quads they go through the instruction uh, it's it 's going to be next generation it's it's Vulkan compliant it can do openCL up and down you know what 2.0 and below, uh, OpenGL 4.0 and below, OpenGL ES 3.0 and below. So it can handle all of these things. They've thrown out some other stuff like some uh, texture uh, uh, compression technologies that haven't been used in ages. And so they've, they've really optimized the product. They've, they've shrunk it down. They've thrown out everything they don't need. They've really taken a look at the workflow, how they could get all of the data and the memory access is as low as possible. And this is the, the, the use of the quads and the and the claws uh, uh, functionality. Um, you're going to see these things scale up to 32 cores uh, in a premium architecture. So the A73 Cortex, the Cortex A73, can do big little with the A53, I believe. Yeah. And so you can have eight cores there, and then you can have up to 32 graphics cores, which each have you know, their own amount of cache. Uh, when you have that many cores together, your, your overall bandwidth increases. So it's going to be a higher-powered product for these premium phones, but you're going to get performance that is about at the level of a discrete mobile graphics chip on a 2015 laptop, which is which is pretty significant when you're considering something that is 1.5 watts and below in overall TDP. Uh, The final thing is the CCI 550, which is the new next-generation interconnect. Now, the the thing about that is it provides the heterogeneous computing, the the flat address space, uh, the shared address space for memory, all these things that allow... The CPU and GPU to interact more efficiently because it doesn't have to copy uh, data back and forth from kind of the protected memory areas. Um, all these things together, they're working to get it on 10 nanometer. Uh, first products should be manufactured by the end of this year, and they will be available by 2017. Now, there's a ton of information in there. It's, it's like 32 charts, and four pages worth of typing uh so go check it out if you're the least bit interested in mobile technology because there's a ton of stuff there and arm is is being really aggressive especially when we consider that intel is essentially uh dropped out of the ultra mobile market the sub 1000 milliwatt market we'll see what uh happens uh I've got my own theories about why ARM is doing what they do, and that we can go into licensing and stuff, but that just Mm. is a whole different ballgame. Was that just like one giant run-on sentence? You're muted, Ryan. Ryan, unmute.
0: Damn it. Am I unmuted now? Yes. Yes. Oh. So, So all the witty commentary I had throughout your discussion wasn't coming through, huh? Nope. Nope. It did. We were just ignoring you. That's what I expected actually. Uh okay. Well, uh thank you for that, Josh. Uh I do think it's really interesting. I, I wish I'd been able to attend that event in person, but you, you seem to do a better job than me with that anyway. But let's uh let's go on to our, our sponsor for this week's episode. Uh that's right. We are sponsored brought we are brought to you and sponsored by, I guess, Casper, the online retailer of premium mattresses that are fraction of the cost. Uh Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and showrooms and passing the savings directly onto you. Um, It is an obsessively engineered mattress at a very fair fair price. Casper combines two technologies, springy latex foam and supportive memory foam to create an award-winning sleep surface with just the right sink and just the right bounce. It's a breathable design, uh, helps keep you cool and regulate your temperature temperature throughout the night. I have a Casper mattress. I'm not sleeping on it here. I didn't bring it with me to Macau. I'm very disappointed about that. Um, I I really do enjoy sleeping on the mattress. It came at the perfect time and we were... Uh, getting ready to have a kid, where sleep became much more important. uh, And uh, it shows when you have a new mattress. It it really does make a difference. You can buy it easily online. It's completely risk-free. You can try sleeping on it for a 100-day period. Um, Free delivery, painless returns within a 100-day period, so you don't have to lie down on a mattress in a showroom, where, as we all know, statistically, lying on a bed in a showroom has no correlation to whether it's the right bed for you. I know we all know that Uh, Casper mattresses are made in USA and you get free shipping and returns to the US and Canada Jeremy and Canada. You can get a Casper mattress for $500 for a twin or $950 for a king size. Comparing this to industry averages, that's a pretty outstanding price point, actually. And you can save an additional 50 bucks towards that mattress purchase by going to Casper.com slash PCPer and enter the promo code PCPer. That's Casper.com slash PCPer, promo code PCPer. Terms and conditions apply, as they usually do in life. And we thank Casper for their support of PC Perspective. All right. Um, let's, and let's, hopefully let's, next year they'll deliver to Macau. Yeah. That way you yeah, can you return it right after you're done. I doubt I'm going to be back here next year. I mean, never say never, but I don't know. Um, so let's talk about uh, the next major review that came out. Intel launched kind of the the uh, long-awaited Broadwell e-platform. Uh, excuse me as I switch over to my, to my show notes so I can click on a link here. Um, the core i7 6950x is the new flagship enthusiast uh class processor from intel it's based on broadwell e uh, it is a 10 core 20 thread cpu impressive specifications for sure uh, it has let me see where are we at here? It is a 3 gigahertz base clock and a 3.5 gigahertz turbo boost clock 10 cores 20 threads 25 megs of cache um And then it still has 40 lanes of PCI Express 3.0. It has four channel DDR4 memory controller, 140, 140 watt TDP. And it uses the same socket, um, that Haswell E uses the 2000 LGA 2011 V3. Um, so any, I won't say any, most X99 motherboards should be able to support the Broadwell E processors, uh, with a UEFI slash BIOS update of some kind. Um, Now, there's other parts as well. The 6950X isn't the only part. It's the highest end part. You have uh, the 6900K, which is 8 cores, 16 threads, um, slightly higher clocks. You have the 6850K, which is 6 cores, 12 threads, and slightly higher clocks above that. And you have the 6800K which is um, uh, a little bit lower clocks than the 6850. Uh, but, and it is also 6-core, 12-thread. But it is the processor that reduces you from 40 to 28 lanes of PCI Express. Um, and other than that is, you know, slightly less cache as well. Uh, but otherwise, is a very equivalent processor platform-wise. Um, so I'm going to talk about the price last because it's the part that is most upsetting to me. And I'm going to talk about the impressive stuff and the new stuff first. Um, the only processor we got in was a Core i7 6950X, so I only have the top end of the Broadwell E stack. I don't have the other three parts, which I think maybe hurts Intel's stance in our in our stories with this. Um, the new technology in this, so we know about the Broadwell architecture. We know what it offers. It still has the fiber, but the motherboard guys are getting around it uh, for overclocking stuff. What Intel has done is they they're trying to figure out the they're still trying to figure out the best way to get maximum. Uh, uh, single-threaded performance and a maximum multi-threaded performance on the same chip. And that's what Turbo Boost was supposed to do, right? It lets you, when fewer threads are running, your clock speed goes up to 3.5 on this part. And when all threads are running, it says we'll never go below 3.0 gigahertz. Well, they're introducing a new technology called Intel Turbo Boost Max Technology 3.0, which is a lot of words for um, basically an extension of this idea. They want to uh, allow the core on your particular part that can go the fastest to go as fast as it can go so that your single-threader performance will improve. And they actually do this in an interesting way. Now, at manufacturing time, they have the ability to test which core is the best, which core takes the least voltage to get to the highest clock speed. Um, And then they put that information into the processor itself uh, into the um, into the microcode, I guess, of it. And then it reports that information back to um, uh, the BIOS and your Windows operating system and that type of stuff. Yeah, so what you see is that list list right here. This is my processor, my sample that I got in. Um, and it shows on the right hand a core list with core four being the top core, the 983726150. This basically tells you that those are the cores that are the best in terms of overclockability on lower voltage according to... Intel. And so what that means is uh, this little, you install a driver now, a, a driver for your processor, which is something we haven't done in a very, very long time, which will kind of overtake some of the affinity control, the thread control from Windows. That shot right there, actually, Alan, go back up real fast. That shot that you're showing there is a shot of the of the 10-core 20-thread processor without uh, uh, this driver installed. And what you'll notice is, it's kind of maybe a little bit hard to see. In the bottom left-hand corner, you'll see um, some of the workload being done there. In the top row, fourth one over, you'll see some of the workload being done there. And in the far right, you'll see some of the workload being done there. This is a single-threaded application, single-threaded benchmark that was jumping between cores. And it was never able to go above 3.5 gigahertz, right? Because Windows didn't really know where it, put the process, uh, where it should put the process to get the most performance out of it. If you go down to the next one, this shows after installing the driver where uh, Intel is basically – the driver says, okay, single-threaded application, over 90% utilization of a particular thread. We know which core is best. We're going to put it on that one, and it will run it up to 4 gigahertz. Uh, and as a result, you see a 13 to 15 percent improvement in single-threaded workloads. And this is just an example run on the Povray single-threaded test. Uh, and that's actually really significant if you think about it, right? The fact that we haven't really seen single-threaded performance improvements um, jump very much generation to generation. Now you're getting this in the same processor with the installation of this of this driver. It's a, it's a pretty interesting idea. Um, They should call it it, parental control. As in the, okay, (laughs) kid, pick a seat and stick with it. And and some of the benefit is because it's not jumping between. It's not doing the thread hopping. Um, But it, it is the fact that it's like Windows doesn't know today, at least. Windows doesn't know which core is the best core now the idea is that intel wants to get that information into windows and they want to integrate this as part of windows 10 um, so that it will recognize um, which cores are best and kind of handle threading accordingly and it appears that that will be before the end of the year we'll have that in windows 10 Uh, but this driver uh, for broadwell e does work on windows 7 and 8.1 and 10 so if you have an older OS, you can still take advantage of, of the technology. Um, it's still the same processor pack uh, 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 socket, but the package is a little bit different. Um, we got in the Asus X99 Deluxe II motherboard and some Corsair Dominator memory to help us go through the testing. Um, Overclocking-wise, I was able to get up to 4.3 gigahertz at a 1.35-volt setting, which is pretty high, to be fair, um, but 4.3 across all cores. So, despite the fact that you have this driver you can install and it, and it will run single-threaded applications, you know, x performance level faster. Obviously, if you go through the manual overclocking side of things, you can get even faster than that. Now we're talking 4.3 not just on one thread, but all the threads, uh which results in a, you know, up to 24% increase in multi-threaded performance on this processor. So, um what did I I like to just say that if you're getting, let's see, the base the the typical it's 3 3.4 was where all the threads would run at uh, before overclocking. So we're talking about a 900 megahertz difference for 10 cores. We're getting a 9 gigahertz overclock on this processor. Does that math check out by you, Josh? 9 gigahertz? 9 no, gigahertz of additional... That's Sebastian-style math right there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we distribute it evenly across it, now when we overclock GPUs, we'll have to distribute it across 2,560 cores <laughs> to really talk about what our performance increase Really is um you will need a fairly beefy cooler you know uh, a two hundred forty millimeter radiator to run this processor at one point three five volts or so um, so that's something worth worth noting but uh it 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 was fine once once you had that type of cooler running um, performance look, it's exactly what you would expect to see, right? Like if you go to uh, uh, Cinebench or something that's heavily multi-threaded, you're going to see significant boost because you have 10 cores instead of uh, uh, eight and you're running at higher clock speeds than you ever have. Um, well, actually you're running at about the same clock speeds, but you're getting 25% more cores over what uh, the 5960X processor was. Synchro-threaded performance is better than 5960X. Again, because of that, that new turbo boost max technology 3.0 stuff, but it's still not up to the 6,700 K Skylake, right? So keep in mind that, that Skylake is running at 4.2 or above, uh, on single threaded applications, single threaded workloads. So that's still going to be, uh, the winner across the board. Um, now let's talk about, uh, so let me, let me summarize performance. It's the fastest processor ever for consumers, right? Like, uh, it's the first 10 core processor for consumers. Uh, it's nice to see Intel Im- upgrading the Enthusiast platform, the EDT platform, Enthusiast desktop platforms. Um, power consumption is high, but whatever, nobody, you know, if you're buying this processor, you probably don't really care. Uh, performance per dollar, though, is going to be a big hit because this uh, Core i7-6950X is $1,723. That's a three
5: uh, dollars
0: Trade price.
4: Yeah. That's more than the bloody Xeon, which just...
5: Seems obscene. It's more than twice the price of the Xeon.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I don't, I really don't get it. Um, when they went from six cores to eight cores, um, the eight core processor was a thousand bucks. And, and, yep. and the Extreme Edition processor has always been a thousand dollars. And it's always seemed a little crazy at the time. It was always a little crazy. But it's and, tradition. Yeah. Yeah, and and you could go okay, well, don't get that one, get the next one down. And it seemed that Intel was maybe tired of that. <laughs> so they decided with the 6950X, they were going to keep the 8 core version of Broadwell at 1000 bucks and make the 10 core version 70% more expensive. Uh and so that's what they did. The 6950X 10 core processor 1700 bucks. Um you can get yeah, a it's, Xeon it's got, E5. It's got go ahead. 25 megs of
2: memory. Of of what? L L two and L three cache or just L two? L three. just L three. Twenty-five megs. Or like the Xeon. Yeah. I remember upgrading my uh, three eighty six SX sixteen <laughs> to eight megs of memory. <laughs> and
0: it's like the bucks. processor. The problem is is the Xeon E five twenty six forty V four processor is a thing. It's a 10-core, 20-thread yep. CPU with 25 megs of cache. It uses the same socket. Uh, it even has a lower TDP at 90 watts. It's a 939 bucks. Now, it runs at lower frequencies, uh, but it, it runs at a base of 2.4, but it still boosts up to 3.4. Um, yep. And it's 939 bucks. To be, uh, to be ne-
5: honest, if you, like, there's the, the 2630 is only about 200 megahertz slower and $667.
0: Yeah. I, I don't, I don't understand the mentality here. Other than, I got it. I don't it. know. I got it. Intel just wants to sell more Xeons. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like. I just, I don't get it. Like people, you know, and there are people in the comments of this Moon saying, Zeon "Oh, you didn't." K edition.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll
0: be coming next. <laughs> like that, people. People are, are are trying to to knock me for like, well, you didn't say anything about the Nvidia price increase. With uh, the GTX 1080, and I was like, "Well, I thought about it some more, and it's like, yeah, the Founders Edition is a hundred bucks more. Uh-huh. And yes, they didn't almost double it. The MSRP <laughs> it's not of the 1080,
3: more.
0: MSRP the 1080 is fifty bucks more than the MSRP of the 980, even if you go to the to the base level. And I'm like, yeah, that's fifty bucks, but it's not seven hundred and twenty dollars, right? Like, yeah, it's not seventy percent more expensive
6: for like fifteen percent increase in performance."
0: If yeah. I were Intel's board partners or I were Intel's system b- builder's partners, I would be pissed, right? Because... He'd be making Xeon boards targeted towards gamers. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> I the mean, whole why not? point of this is to, is you know, you want to get... Like, for motherboard vendors, you want people to be excited about Broadwell E and want to buy Broadwell E so they buy a new motherboard or that people buy new systems from Falcon Northwest or, or whoever. Um, and, like... I talked to so many different editors while I was out here. and It's like seventeen hundred twenty-three dollars is as much as most people's like super high-end rig configurations. Oh right? yeah, like including like you could build a whole system with a ten eighty in it for less and than that. a Skylake platform yeah. and still spend less than on this processor. And,
3: and I know that there are processors is that are more expensive. Be damn
6: good. What's what's yeah. even what's even funnier is a drawback to getting the Xeon historically has been like all oh, the motherboards were kind of dated. They didn't have like that good of, uh, you know, accessory stuff on it or USB 3.0 support or whatever, right? And, like, so this launch has kind of this prompted... Is a drop-in upgrade. Well, this launch has prompted a refresh to X99 boards, right? Like, kind of, sort of, V2 boards, like the one we tested for the... we used yeah, for this mm-hmm. review, right? That are, hap- that are updated all the other stuff. So, how convenient. Now you have this nice, newer board that you can just get the Xeon well, and stick in. Well,
5: I don't know if that's true. No? I don't know if... Yeah. How many boards of have- how many of these boards support the Xeon microcode? Because I I they would, need, they need well, Xeon support. I would it's probably think, pretty trivial. I think but.
6: most most of the ASUS ones that are like X ninety nine boards. A, support ASUS
4: it. usually does that.
6: Yeah. yeah. I think MSI did as well. It's it's not
4: I, that There true might be some it. of the sure. enterprise features you're not gonna get support for, but who's not the, gonna that?
0: care? Yeah. I yeah. think I think <laughs> there is a Xeon fourteen core processor that's like thirteen hundred dollars. Still cheaper that's that's obviously lower clock still but if you care about multi-threaded performance you know 14 cores 28 threads versus 10 cores 20 threads i i don't know it it seems so odd to me and i it's it's look hey, you every, know what the you know what the base problem is what's that are you ready
2: uh no because amd on the desktop has not been competitive for the past 3 or 4 years
0: They've been competitive for longer than that. If we're yeah. To be well, no. I mean,
2: you know, Phenom two did well against the 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 Core two series, and it kind of kept pace with Nehalem. Not great, but it, it it kept pace. But Bulldozer came out, and it didn't really go past yeah. Phenom two speeds, and it stayed. I mean, I've I've I bought an eighty three fifty, put it on my main machine. I bought that four years ago and it's still running. We'll the, look at that look at the performance per dollar on the AMD part in this. Yeah. In I know, because
6: it's,
4: yeah. it's
2: 150 bucks.
4: <laughs> well, because that's my question is what is the most expensive AMD processor you can pick up right now? About two hundred bucks? Well,
2: the uh-huh. the ninety five hundred series is about what, two twenty? And that's the the four point seven gigahertz to five gigahertz product, but the you need super cooling guy. for that, and yeah. you need to have a motherboard yeah, look, support that support that kind speed of TDP. Which that, virtually no, none do.
3: I just said good luck getting it done. Get percent of the price of Because
1: this. the power draw is so outrageous.
2: <laughs> VRMs don't know what to do.
1: Exactly. You need a really good quality board to run one of those.
2: And you know what? This, this really reminds me of about 1997 98 when Intel had internal roadmaps of their products that they were going to be pushing forward. And this was before K7 was, was released. And K7 was released, and suddenly those roadmaps went out the window because they just were not competitive. I mean, in 2000, we were expecting kind of a, a Pentium 3 pseudo product right. that had the my new Instructions, but was running at 450 to 500 megahertz. And we know that by 2000 we we had hit the the 1 gigahertz barrier because AMD had pushed forward. Intel had responded. AMD pushed forward again and and Intel responded and we had this huge amount of growth from, you know, we essentially doubled clock speeds in a 2-year space when AMD released the K7. I mean, and Intel introduced the Pentium 3 uh they went up they had problems of course at the 1.133 megahertz uh uh 1.33 or uh, whatever the one where the Kyle and, and the rest of the guys said when you run uh linux compiling code it breaks and they hmm. didn't actually sell any of those parts but anyway it's the same thing <laughs> yeah intel I- just has not felt the need to innovate because they had no competition. So what they did is is they've improved their process technology. They've done some IP, IPC improvements. They haven't massively improved features and, and things like, I mean, sure, we've had AVX uh, go past a couple of spots. and But, you know, if, if you look at previous 20 years of advancements, this has been really slow in the past five years.
0: Slow enough to warrant a seven hundred dollar price increase. Something Just to see like See what that. happens. I maybe they'll like sell. I, they're going to <laughs> sell some of them. They're uh, going to sell some of them. I. Here, here's the thing. Like it's capitalist, whatever you know, free market. Price your part at whatever you want to price it at. Uh, you know, I can't tell you what to do. I can tell you that I can't recommend this part to anybody. Even at thousand dollars, it's a tough recommendation, right? You have. To, I always have to caveat this with. Only buy this if you really want to use the multi-threading capability. This isn't going to improve your gaming. This isn't going to improve your day-to-day tasks, right? If you are really, really need that type of compute. And now it's like, well, now if you really, really need that type of compute, kind of I still don't want you to buy that part, right? Like the, that you're paying 70% more for 25% more cores um, running at lower clock speeds. So your performance may not even be that much different uh, depending on your workload, Um it was really disappointing. It was really annoying. And it's, I think it's a bad move on their part. Because at a time when, um, you know, in six months, eight months, we may have another, we may have a CPU from AMD called Zen that's competitive. You know, Intel should be, should be trying to keep the positive mind share of gamers. But this not is not by, unprecedented. Not just by writing if, checks to MLG tournaments, right? But yeah. by releasing products that get people excited and want to buy them. If, yeah, if I can go out. back
2: even further in time, mm. when Intel, they, they, you know, the Pentium MMX was a good chip. But they were planning on milking that thing for a long, long time. And yeah. if you remember way back in the day, <clears throat> AMD started talking about the K6. They were going to release it. <clears throat> Intel brought forward the Pentium 2 about by six to eight months before they were planning on it because the 440LX chipset was not done. It wasn't complete. It wasn't ready. They're going to have Pentium 2, 440LX, the first AGP part, all of these other things in there. But AMD was threatening K6. And so they brought up their time space by about eight months. And the first Pentium 2, 266 was 1500 bucks if you were to buy it new on the day of release. Yeah. So it's not unprecedented for Intel to do such things. But the market share,
4: or well, the market overall was so much tinier back then. Uh, you were often selling to uh, organizations, to educational institutes at that point, and you could charge that because they had the pocketbooks to pay for it, and they would.
2: <laughs> the market's... Changed, yeah, but they had the Pentium 2 233 for like half the price, true, and then the Pentium 233 MMX for about 500
4: bucks, and it was still priced beyond most families at the time,
0: yeah. Oh, well, all right, so that, that go ahead. I was just shaking my shoulders, yeah. so that that is uh, our summation of the broadwell e processor situation uh, i'm going to take a second here before we get into uh our news items um to uh, to recognize some patreon contributors uh we have uh dan Jan who uh up- updated their pledge also to nine ninety nine josh two ninety nine no no, no a nine ninety nine nine ninety nine okay <laughs> Aces uh, is ever pi- it cost that much. Pylon Squelch updated theirs to five dollars. Oh. Abraham Lincoln pledged five dollars and one penny. Thank you, <laughs> Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> That's awesome. That's good. Uh, Kentucky Bound pledged 4 oh, dollars and two cents. And well, Drake. I'm assuming Drake is the uh, the world famous rapper uh, R and B artist. Yeah. He actually edited his pledge down for five dollars so he's or, been having or, a hard time yeah i don't know his album's pretty good but i don't yeah. know if it warrants uh dropping pledge
5: spending too but, much time at
0: basketball games you know it happens uh <laughs> <laughs> patreon.com slash pc um so let's talk about uh, the other couple things we're going to We've got a couple of things. It's gonna be a long show. I don't have any other way around this. Uh, Radeon RX 480. So you guys know about Polaris. We don't have to talk about AMD's Polaris architecture uh, very much in terms of what it is because we don't really know a whole bunch of what it is yet. Uh, but it is. You uh, AMD's extra... the amount
2: of stream units. I thought I thought they were gonna have 32 cores, but they actually had 36. Right. They have four. Yep.
5: Can we more. maybe talk so, about what the what, product what is a- first, Josh? <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: He only cares about but the it's, cores. It's just, it's just cores. <laughs> uh, it's their next-generation GPU architecture. Theirs is based on 14 nanometers. No, 14 nanometers, right? nanometer oh. Samsung right now.
2: Maybe going towards global foundries, but we don't know all those details right now.
0: We don't? We don't. Okay. We don't. Um, so uh, what they came out and publicly said at their press conference at uh, uh, Computex is that the brand is going to be the Radeon RX. RX four eighty is the first card they're talking about. It's based on the Polaris 10 GPU. It will be $199. Will $199. Offer more, than, more than five teraflops of compute capabilities. Was Roger now, wearing a leather jacket at the time when he announced that? No, no, you know. Uh, no, he let down. Done, um yeah. he what what we so when I say greater than five teraflops, like they're just being very vague about it, like greater than 5 teraflops, right? 5.01. Right, so, right. <laughs> 5.01 teraflops. And the reason is, is I don't think they've settled on clock speeds yet uh, for this part. But we can make some interesting assertions, right? They did talk about that it was going to have 36 compute units, which are 64 stream processors each for a total of 2304, as Joss was saying. Uh, we know that it has four and eight gigabyte uh, versions running at eight gigahertz, GDDR5, not GDDR5X or anything else. 256-bit memory bus, 256 gigabytes per second of bandwidth, 150 watt TDP, uh, $199 price tag. Um, Four gigabyte.
2: That's that's oh. smoking because I was
0: expecting
2: at least 249, if not 299. Yeah. But for the yeah. eight gigabyte, it's
4: 249, and I am so happy for this. That like that is a beautiful price point.
0: Yeah, I think, I think it, it makes really sense is. that the four gig version will be 199 and the eight gig version will be more. Um, well, it's going to be about two two 249 A couple
4: of places have spotted okay. that as the price and, and that launching, is just fine.
0: Yeah, launching June 29th. So we still have a ways to get there. We have four weeks until the release of this card. So, um, you know, there's still time for NVIDIA to figure out what they're going to do. So it's, it's interesting. Um, The, we don't really know specifics on performance. Uh, there was a slide leaked out that compared it to a 970, 980. Now, Josh, I think this is right when I, when I was making this assertion. If you look at, if you just look at compute capability, teraflops, the teraflops Mm -hmm. rating of GPUs, NVIDIA's seems to match more closely to realized gaming performance than AMD's GCN architecture does. In other words, the, like, for example, the R9 Nano, is listed at having 8.19 teraflops of compute while the gtx 1070 has 5.7 teraflops of compute but the gtx 1070 is a faster part than the nano right in terms of actual games right so the five teraflops rating if you find a competitive part to that um, you're looking at somewhere between a 390 to 390x a 390 is rated at 5.12 uh, 5.12, and a 390x is rated at 5.63 teraflops. So my guess is you're going to see performance in that range, right? But keep in mind the R9 390x sells today for 389. So if we can get a 390x performance card for 199 bucks uh, at 150 watts TDP instead of 275 watts, that's a pretty impressive part, right? That's a big win. And uh, you know, I I I
2: I can't put windows into mensoles or, or their RTL designs um, for their <laughs> chips. But, yeah, it does seem that in theoretical performance, AMD has an advantage. But that advantage comes at the cost of some flexibility. Um, I believe in terms of pure compute, AMD has a better architecture than NVIDIA has. But that is just compute. When it comes to graphics and games, NVIDIA has skewed their designs more to that type of workload. Rather than AMD, which is kind of a jack-of-all-trades, master none, NVIDIA is more like, I'm going to be really fast at games and I'm going to be mediocre and so-so to actual compute because at this point in time, we don't see... uh, you know, GP, GPU being as big as we had originally hoped it was mm-hmm. a couple of generations ago. Yeah, true. And, uh, I mean, they've, they've got the economics and whatnot to, to back that that decision up because they know how many cards they sell to professional people that actually utilize GPGPU and, and OpenCL and, and those type of arca- uh, uh, workloads. So, yeah, it seems like NVIDIA is more focused on gaming and having better performance while AMD is more balanced in how they address it. And there are trade-offs to each of those. So, um, you know, actual numerical throughput, if you could do a simple shader through that, that will measure the damn arithmetic going on that chip, (laughs) AMD is going to have an advantage there. But in, in pure gaming performance, NVIDIA has really skewed their designs towards that.
0: Yeah. Uh, the assumption here is, if you want to put it on NVIDIA terms, is this will be performance somewhere between a nine seventy and a nine eighty, maybe a little bit closer to a nine eighty. Now, obviously, there's people who would be like, oh, you know, the, the the stories about NVIDIA or about AMD like having a part that. Didn't work out to the where they wanted it to be, so they had to degrade it down to where they're at now. I don't, I still don't know if I believe any of that or if I think that's the case because the die size on this chip, I can't say, but it's like it's kind of where I would have expected it to be for a part at this price point. Um, so there's still yeah, a chance is, that it they were small. aiming higher I don't know exactly and screwed up. What, but, what size it is, but
2: everything that they have shown to us at uh, CES. And before that, we knew it was a small part relative as compared to what we would expect in the 350 millimeter squared range up to 600 millimeter squared.
0: Yeah. So I, I, I'm really excited about this part. Um, the, now the question becomes, what does NVIDIA do? Do they um, have a 1060 ready to go? To attack this part, um, are they willing to go down to that price point? Are they just going to, you know, pr- reprice their Maxwell components, um, you know, of, uh, to kind of maybe undercut this? Maybe you sell the 980 for 199 now, which is going to be a, if they do that, that's a hell of a deal, um, you know, and say, well, we'll just we'll just take your your business that way. And I mean, I think it's pretty clear that even though we're four weeks away from launch. Uh, from release of the RX 480 and whatever other parts they may have, um, the intent with releasing this information this early, this price point, and this kind of general vague, vagueness on performance is to prevent GPU sales across the board. They're undercutting themselves, obviously. Anybody who's considering buying a 390 or 390X is kind of, you know... Hell, a considering old. a 380 or a 380X... Basically, if you were considering a GPU, period, right, unless you were going to consider a 1080 or a 1070, there's no point in buying a GPU at this point um, because you want to wait to see what RX 480 is, and you want to wait and see what NVIDIA's response to that is. So... If you're going to buy a 980, a 970, if you're going to buy a 380, 390, a Nano, a Fury X, you sh- you're just sitting there waiting, right? So we have this four weeks of interesting time period where nothing's going to happen except 1080s and 1070s are just going to be selling and selling and selling for whoever wants to buy that. Um, but it'll 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 be it'll be an interesting summer. It appears to be so. Yeah, we like interesting summers. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm give or take. It's all right. Because uh, you right, like Josh? vacations
2: and you don't like to write.
0: <laughs> Josh, let's talk uh, real quick about another thing. AMD introducing their seventh generation APUs. And while you do so, I'm going to go find another water because I need the. It's hoisty because it's so humid there. Right. It is so, even even just like window, open the window and like stick your tongue out. The window <laughs> is like triple paned and it's still like I feel the heat coming in through it. So.
2: That's really nice.
0: Proceed. So anyway, AMD also announced
2: their Bristol Ridge APUs. Now, we had known the the codename Bristol Ridge for quite some time, and we thought that they would be more associated with the AM4 uh, platform, namely the, the new motherboards that will support not only Bristol Ridge, but the Summit Ridge, which is a.k.a. Zen. Well, it turns out that this is... A little bit different than we are expecting. So Bristol Ridge is based on Carrizo, and it's heavily based on Carrizo. There are very few major architectural architectural differences between Carrizo and this what they call the seventh generation AMD A-series APU, otherwise known as Bristol Ridge. So it's still a two-module excavator, which means four cores. It's a uh, eight core. GCN architecture, it's GCN 1.2, same as Carrizo, and you think, well, what's the big difference? And the difference is actually a little bit more than you expect. First, it's a slightly different and more advanced 20 nanometer process. So in terms of the power applied to the transistors, you're going to get, you know, 15 to 20% faster transistor switching speed. So it's going to be running faster. Instead of the, I think, what, 2.1 to 3.2 gigahertz clock range of Crizo, you're getting 3 gigahertz to 3.7 gigahertz. It's a major, major jump in in raw clock speed performance across the board. Uh, they've done this again by, by process. They have a multitude of power saving and... Really fine-grained voltage and clock controls throughout the entire design. So, I mean, you're going to need to read the article to to get it all. But they have AFVS, which God that, again, there's so many damn names for this stuff, <laughs> <laughs> and most of them are coming out this week, eh? Yeah, yeah. But – and then there's BTC, which is boot time calibration, uh, which does some interesting mathematics. When you boot it up, it takes a look at the power supply. It takes a look at the chip. It sees how electricity is flowing. uh, And it can determine a lot of things so that it reduces the guard band of these chips. So a guard band is essentially – We know that... I'm great at explaining these things. So we have got a bunch. We've got 100 chips, let's say. And we know that they can go from 1.3 volts and work perfectly fine. But we have an X amount of chips that won't do that. But if we take it up to 1.4 volts, all of them will work fine. And so the guard band is that you apply a certain amount of voltage so that all of these chips can perform as expected. But with BTC, it measures directly the power supply and the chip, and it says, you know what, this is one of those chips that can actually do 1.3 volts, and it's going to do perfectly fine. And so it's allowing each per chip the most efficient use of, of power. And there are like five different things that AMD is doing to increase clock speed... To increase the overall boost time, but yet decrease the power consumption of these Bristol Ridge chips. And the nice thing about these technologies is they can go into next generation products without a problem. So, we're seeing on average about 15% increase in performance, about 30% decrease in, in power consumption. And so, these are almost a next generation chip without having to go to a next generation Process technology, namely 16 nanometer, 14 nanometer FinFET. Uh, these are still 28 nanometer mm. uh, high-k metal gate uh, bulk silicon products, and um, you know AMD is is they're keeping pace. They're 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 applying new technologies within the constraints that they are pushed into, which is namely process technology, and they're increasing performance, increasing power efficiency by thinking smarter, by introducing uh, new algorithms into power control and clocking and, and, and TDP control that you know has has given them a nice boost year over year in overall performance and power consumption without going to a new process node. So Bristol Ridge is uh, going to be going to higher-end HP laptops, going to be going into higher-end Dell laptops that we've seen. And they're hoping that this is going to increase their, their mobile market share uh, by a decent amount, much as Carrizo did last year. Uh, it it kind of kept them from falling into negative numbers. It actually increased their market share. And they're hoping that Bristol Ridge will do the same because they've they've got people on board uh, they've still got the the best overall graphics technology. They've have more competitive CPU technology because these cores are able to you know boost higher for boost longer and they they do have an IPC advantage over the previous generation of the you know Bulldozer, Vishera. gosh, I can't even remember the the other steamroller cores. Steamroller um yeah steamroller and Kaveri. Uh, so these are all positives. It seems like it's a good pro- piece of technology. It's only in mobile from 15 watts to 35 watts, but they've increased uh, graphics performance, CPU performance, all of these things by and not increasing the overall power consumption and, in fact, kind of improving it overall from last generation or the last year's FX8800 series and, and below that were introduced. Was that just one giant run-on sentence? Because my mouth is dry.
0: I feel like did, is this deja vu? Did you just say that
3: all over just, again?
0: <laughs> no, no. I, I think I think that makes that makes sense. I, I was they did like a little bit of a like a smaller briefing here um, about it, and I, the takeaway I got from it was that the engineers were more impre- like the executives were more impressed with what they could get out of that part than they ever expected, I guess is one way of putting it right. Like they didn't expect to get that kind of performance improvement or that kind of uh, uh, performance per watt efficiency improvements. Um, but a bunch of little things kind of added up, um, to make it, to make it possible. I, I still don't know how much of an impact it's going to make between now and the end of the year. Uh, I think everybody it is, it's going to be a couple game. of percentage of, of, yeah. of,
2: of market share, but, When you're at like 15% market share and you go to 17%, yeah, that's a pretty big jump. If they can do that, hopefully. Yeah. All
0: right. Now we're going to get into uh, the section of the show that I don't have anything to do with because I wasn't really paying attention to. So, um, should we talk about
5: Zen? I know there wasn't really anything, but like we should probably mention what they did talk about.
0: They did uh, at the press conference. They uh, it's a good point, thank you, Ken. um, That the they showed Zen working in terms of uh, they they held up a chip, and we have a picture of it, uh, Alan. If you go to the homepage on the site, there should be a post on Zen where shows Lisa Su holding up a chip. It looks very much like every other AMD processor you've ever seen, Um, and then they showed a video, like an intro video. It was very Michael Bay esque uh, in terms of loud noise. Minimalist. Yeah, yes. well, that's true. Someone was painting a circle with "I am Zen." Uh, it, it was it was rendered and created and built and played on an AMD Zen platform. So not only was it built on it, but they actually said after the fact. I don't think they said it during it, but they said after the fact that the playback system that was playing back the video. Was an AMD Zen processor as well. Not that that's some wildly, you know, complex thing for it to do. It could have been running at 100 megahertz or 500 megahertz and playing back a video, uh, for all I know. Um, But they did claim she did claim um, 40 percent IPC improvement, and it Mm -hmm. was an eight core, sixteen thread design. Now, obviously, they didn't say clocks, so we have no idea where that's going to take it. Um, but and they in claim fact, that AMD be- doesn't
2: even know what they're going to take that because they just have, I mean, they're still working up the silicon. They don't yeah. know
3: how but fast this, they're going to so, be
2: able to offer it.
0: it would be nice to know a range of where their goals are, but obviously they don't want to say that because if they don't meet their goals, that's, that's on them. Um, but they do claim that it will be competitive with the high end consumer enthusiast parts, right? So. Does that mean Broadwell E or does that mean Skylake? What does that What does that actually mean? Uh, we're still waiting to see. Uh, I don't think there was, was there any other details from what she said uh, about Zen.
6: I don't think so. No, they didn't even That's show
0: it.
2: us the the pins on the backside, so we don't know the exact number though. <laughs> AM four is supposedly thirteen thirty one pins. Uh oh! Oh no! Did it we quite, lose uh, them? No, yeah, a,
0: I know it's AM four. Who me? Yeah, you're back. You're so. You pulled to Josh. I I heard Josh breaking up, but I don't know if that's Josh or or me. So that was you. Oh, okay. I am not breaking up tonight. Oh, now you had to mention it. (laughs) Everyone,
2: everyone rejoice! My wife is happy. Not breaking up.
0: Uh. So yeah, that's Zen. I'm excited about it. It's they still say end of 2016. I think that's a, a a positive like maybe an aggressive stance, Um, and the... They got a lot of work to do in between now and then to get it out by Q4. But they did say they're going to release it to Enthusiast Desktops first. Enthusiast Desktop, and then Server, and then Mobile, right? So um, whenever it comes out, we'll get it first. And I guess that's what matters to me. So, All right, now let's get into the things that um, I wasn't really here for, I guess. Let's talk about these. Let's start with the uh, the new GTX 1080s uh, uh, kind of consumer or non-reference non-founders edition 1080s are, are being released and announced. Um, ROG Strix. Uh, yeah. Ooh, what's what's, that, what's interesting about card. this one? That's a nice looking card. It's sexy. Is it enormous?
6: Uh, it looks enormous. Well,
0: probably. <laughs>
6: <laughs> Triple fan core.
0: There were some people in
6: the comments saying uh, that they apparently reduced the DisplayPort count to two. I guess they're doing two HDMI, two DisplayPort, which I think is the wrong way to go. Um, you know, because anybody that does triple. So
0: you can't do dis- surround?
6: Yeah, anybody that does triple Display surround wants three DisplayPort. Yeah, and yeah, it, this it only has two. I was trying to confirm it by looking at this picture here, but it's kind of hard to tell. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, um, well, it says VR
5: friendly HDMI ports.
6: Yeah, they say ports. So, but you don't need <laughs> two ports for VR. It's it doesn't work like that. You it's don't gotta need
0: keep a, both headsets. plugged in. Yeah, yeah. You
6: don't need HDMI per eye. Like it's yeah, but not... the
0: HTC Vive can plug in Display Port.
6: Wow. Uh, oh. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it okay. Can. Actually, it can. Yeah. It can. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it can. Interesting. Yeah. Well, then you really uh, don't need uh, yeah. the two HDMIs. All right. Well, That's why this one is not branded VR ready. Yeah. Ah, Everything
4: uh, yes. else at Buddy Computex.
6: So uh, they have like a... Well, first of all, it has an additional six pin power connector.
3: Hmm.
0: Um,
6: sure. So supposedly the max power you can raise this to is three hundred watts. I'd really like to see how that works in practice.
0: There's but, still gonna be voltage limitations on that, right? Like
6: Yeah, yeah. But I mean what we saw in with what we were toying around with here was the cards actually tend to ride the power limit on mm-hmm. you know, w- once you crank everything else up, uh, uh, then you're just riding the power limit, like on the ten eighty. At least that's what I noticed. Mm-hmm. Um you know, with the Founder's Edition. With the Founder's Edition,
0: yeah. This is showing uh, in the OC mode dip switch. The uh, uh, boost clock goes up to 1936, which mm-hmm. is 200 megahertz overclock.
5: Yeah, out of the box. That's, what, that's what's, pretty what's, impressive. They're finally saying to do what you want, Ryan. I know. <laughs> Actually All overclock done- these cards out of the box.
0: Yeah. All I've ever done for years is bitch and complain because they they build these highly over-engineered overclocking cards and then give you 40 megahertz <laughs> yeah. out of the box, right? And so, here, they're giving us 200. I'm okay with that. So going off of commenters, uh it's a, the
6: overclock totally safe. the overclock version is supposed to be like 20 buck premium over the standard one, which is 620. Oh, so like 620 to 640 I'll pay an extra 20 bucks for a 200 megahertz overclock. The but, the,
0: the Strix card is supposed to be 620 Uh I guess. We're going off uh-huh. a commenter
6: here. Mm-hmm. But, actually wait. They are the I,
0: sanest people on the planet. Uh, I, I could see that. I don't think their Strix has usually been excessively overpriced, I guess.
6: Well, the sources on Asus
2: is You're so biased, you've got water. a
0: Radeon drink mug. He's drinking hot water.
6: <laughs> oh, it's got the sure. LED things you can like change all the colors on and
0: stuff. Not my water bottle. The card does.
6: Yeah. <laughs> it's got RGB LEDs. It's got RGB LEDs. Match your also, motherboard.
0: That, that would be the second most popular
6: phrase at uh, <laughs> Even on the backplate. Check that crap out. Well, hopefully on the backplate. That's the part you'll see. I use one of those that's inverted
0: awesome. cases. I'm, really, I'm okay with that. I, I'm I, the guy that uses the inverted case. <laughs> this, this is... The, I... I don't know. There's two mindsets, right? People who like the elegance of oh, the reference design. There it is. Is it? Yeah, it does have two HDMI. Oh, I don't have to ask them about that. What their good. mindset? That just
6: seems was. like just the wrong way to go because you just now anybody yeah. anybody that was around, just that this is not their card. They just don't buy this card. Like, why would you do that? Yeah, but they'll have plenty of other cards to sell you. I, sure. I guess. I guess they should have taken off I the
4: DVI port
6: uh yeah or does it really need also
4: plays with display port so you could do it but i mean does does
6: it does it really need those extra like fins there for the heat to escape out the back because i'm sure so much
0: you can only only have five output connections and you can only have four active at any one time oh yeah so that's why there's only five output connections uh i don't know why you need more than one hdmi port one of these days
5: will kill dvi one of these days. Yeah, it's, it's I like DVI
0: still for its it just always works That's capability. Why doesn't uh, DisplayPort always work? Just no, just because you got it. They're syncing and stuff like that. And with DVI is what allows us to hack around all the things we do with our capture technology. <laughs> That's right? true because it just sends bits. It doesn't care what's on the other side. It just sends crap with DisplayPort. Yeah. What you're saying there's no handshake.
1: There's no HDCP.
0: <laughs> well, there there is.
1: That's the DVI?
6: Yeah. Yeah. It just t- yeah, it just, just um, handshaking. There's just the less handshaking and negotiation going on and stuff when you yeah. connect it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm being reminded.
4: It, it's of like all a speed the... date. You plug it in and it decides whether it likes it or not, and away yep. you go from there. It either works or it doesn't.
5: <laughs> all the Korean displays with only dual link DVI, which I own one of.
6: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's a
3: good point. <laughs> yeah.
6: That's true. Yeah, you're 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 locking a lot of people out if you just like try to
0: lock myself out apparently. <laughs> so yeah. what about these MSI cards? Looks like they they announced the whole lineup from the basic to the not so basic.
6: Uh, is that another It's the or next link? This one up?
0: Uh, uh,
6: no, that's not Oh,
0: Sebastian, what's all these MSI machines or these machines, these graphics cards tells me about? Well, I
1: them. was actually reading about this particular card, the Gaming X on uh, video cards dot com because actually no we're looking at the uh, reference. That's their reference blower. They have a gaming version coming out as well. Which I don't think That about? one
2: may yeah, actually hit five ninety nine. Yeah, that one should. It.
1: That was that yeah. sort of generic one that um, Galax yeah. also had a version of.
6: Oh, and then there's a Hovercraft.
1: Mm. Hey, the gaming the armor.
2: Easy is the, that one out?
0: Is the gaming on this news post? No, as the well? armor. Yeah, yeah, it's armor at the is that one. Gaming yep, the Gaming below. X is the red one at the bottom. There's oh, yeah. the 290X. Okay. Uh, the what is
1: interesting about the gaming is that the people at hardware.info have been posting pictures of their like power and temperature test results from their upcoming review. And videocards.com has that. I'll have to make a news post for this. Because
6: is it good or bad? Because the
1: difference between um, Founders Edition and the MSI gaming is tremendous. You don't see any kind of throttling. The difference was about 150 megahertz all the time in speed, and it ran significantly cooler. So once these presumably lower cost, third party cooled versions of the cards come out, it, there might be a very different. Uh, opinion of the Founders Edition, yes, it looks really cool, but what if there are cards out there that have greater overclocking headroom that run at a faster boost clock all the time and give you a huge performance boost for less money?
0: That would be a positive thing, I think. Unless you bought a Founders Edition. That's sure. I I mean, how much of this has to do with the difference of a blower-style cooler and... Not I I don't know what you call the other kind now a standard I think
1: blower light. style coolers in my experience and overclocking cards can be just as effective the difference is the way the fan controllers are set up on blowers is always to try to reduce that like vacuum noise. cleaner noise level yeah so if it's if it's kind of scaling back the fan speed to, to keep it under a certain uh volume level mm-hmm. you're going to have reduced cooling performance. If you crank it up to 100% fans, it's shockingly loud and probably does as good a job <laughs> as any other kind of cooler. I forget sure.
6: I forget who made it, but there's a company making like an aftermarket not water cooler, not water block, but like one of these style coolers for the 1080. So if you got the Founders and you wanted like the dual fan kind of setup with the heat pipes and everything, like it's it's a thing. I just don't forget. I just don't remember. Just
5: an extra hundred dollars, probably. I, th- I think it, I think it was like
6: an extra hundred bucks or something like that. <laughs> for your already always have one of those expensive. Yeah. Expensive. Uh, I know. Yeah. It seems lame, but if you are stuck with the glue, founders,
1: you've got to glue like heat sinks to the VRM and oh, it's so, it's so like Sebastian, that. Sebastian,
2: can I can I ask you a personal question? Oh, yes. Are, are you on your back <laughs> porch?
1: No, I am actually sitting on my bed because I ran out of battery for my laptop and had to move. Oh, okay.
2: No, you got kicked out of the house, didn't
0: you? <laughs> We're not going to talk about that on the podcast. All right. Uh, also LA. on that list, looks like what they announced the it? MSI Seahawk, which is the water-cooled kind of version oh, thing w- in From combination with, uh, with Corsair. There we go. Uh, and then the Armor, which is a two-fan cooler. I don't know how it's different than the gaming necessarily, but it's black and it's, white instead of red. It's
2: the, the, the fin... <clears throat> Density is lower and there's fewer heat pipes than gaming.
0: I see. I see. So they're starting to come out. We're starting to see some. I, I think there's a couple waiting for me at, at my house. I think those other 1080s showed up at my house, by the way, today, oh. Alan's. I was wondering
6: I'll just, where those went. I'll just get them. Speaking of which. Uh, what?
0: Um, speaking of oh, other speak, 1080s. Speaking of
6: 1080s or a pair of them.
0: Speaking oh, of have seamless one. transitions. I'm going to break up your transition with this comment. Uh, somebody sent me a note on Patreon that says, three monitors surround with two DisplayPort and one HDMI does work. And then he says, uh, I say he, but I don't know for sure, uh, says Go Jayhawks. Um, but he did up their ple- his pledge from 5 to $10, which I appreciate, except for the Go Jayhawks part. And also, um, that works, except unless you're doing, like, if you have three G-Sync displays or yeah. three, um, I guess, HDMI 2.0, yeah. we Will do higher res like 25 by 14, but, but yeah, it'll what? handle that. It'll handle that, yeah. Well, I think so. but do 25 by 14 monitors have HDMI, not G Sync ones, 2.0 in them? No, oh, I know G Sync doesn't, but I don't know.
3: If, uh, I, don't, I know.
0: don't know. I don't know. It's, it's worth the debate, but I would rather have seen a DisplayPort. You can always convert DisplayPort down to anything else. So, anyway, uh, back to your amazing transition.
6: <laughs> Derailed amazing transition. So, uh, we got an EVGA card in, uh, of course it would happen, uh, as Ryan was like flying over a large ocean or something like that. Um, so I kind of, you know, kind of threw it on a test bed and we didn't have the new HB bridge thing, but uh, I just threw one of the LED bridges on it and fired up the old 3D mark and got over 10,000 as a score on Firestrike Ultra at, uh. You know, so that was interesting. You know, it scaled as expected. Um, got to toy around with it. I was able to overclock both all the way past two gigahertz. Yes, even the Founder's Edition, even though it was sitting behind the other board, like with you know a, a less than a quarter inch gap between the two cards, and you know had it. I had its fan cranked up to a hundred percent, but it still nice. managed to do it just fine. You know, it just was running at seventy two C. Uh, while I was doing it. Um, That's alright. You know, just, st- it's still possible with just that, that card, you know, could probably use some better cooling, especially if you're gonna try to do any kind of SLI um, with those. And, uh, yeah. And I guess tomorrow I'll be uh, running over to Ryan's place and stealing two more cards and probably doing quad. So, there, there's the new, uh... This is kind of a love-it-or-hate-it design. I don't like it. Ken doesn't like it. I was kind of, eh on it, but... Um, I liked earlier EVGA model looks. Well, I mean, I, I like this better when it's lit up. Like, I like how they lit up all those like, whitish parts in the center, along the center. Yeah, I like there. mine
4: better when they're lit, too.
6: Um... But that was the one that was running
4: at 47... Celsius, not 72. Yeah, yeah it was right? running at
6: 47, but honestly, it didn't need to run at 47. I had the fans on just everything cranked to 100, because I was just doing going for a simple overclock, just <laughs> took the slider and, you know,
1: Precision X, just, whoop, okay, up to 100. Just a simple overclock. Fans at 100%. Fans at 100%. Power boost at 120%. <laughs> yep. yep. You, see,
0: you see what
6: happens when I leave, Ryan. <laughs>
0: yeah, I just cranked everything up to 11, I, you know. I want to say, until this release, I don't think I've ever run the fans at 100%. On purpose, uh, like, except yeah. to just. I wondered how loud can it get if I put it to um, a hundred, and it gets pretty loud. You would you would never run it a um, hundred, right? Like you would never actually
6: do that. So here's the thing: even even well, it, actually, it kind of almost needed a hundred on the other on the other one on the Foundry one. Um, well,
0: that's because you had it smushed together. It didn't need to be.
6: It, well, yeah, and uh, well, they're going to have to be smushed if I do quad for four. Yeah, there's no way around that. Uh, Fans on this, actually, probably about as loud at 100%.
0: Uh,
6: Yeah. So, really does not need 100%.
0: Yeah, my guess is that if they're at the same noise levels at 100, those fans could probably run at 20-something Yeah. while the NVIDIA founder's version maybe has to run at 50 or something like that. Just a guess, but...
6: Yep. Yeah. Alright. So, Um, that was a thing. So, I guess I'll be doing the whole uh, whatever super-secret Key
0: thing, just
6: so that I, I don't. Can,
0: yeah, I gotta figure that out. Still,
6: I'm still. I still don't get. Like, is it really writing something to the cards? Like, I would have thought it was just like a, a registry tweak and something telling the driver to do know. something different. That'll
4: well, be licensing. You know, same damn thing as htcp
6: no, 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 nothing like that, I don't think. But it's just like, you know, uh-huh. the whole like modifying the cards, I don't think it's modifying the cards to do it, just a hunch.
0: But oh, remind me after the show, I need to send emails on that again anyway. So, yep. Um, what other ha- stuff happened? Uh, Asus announced ROG Rampage 5 Edition 10. This is a motherboard with all of the LEDs <laughs> on it. Uh, it looks nice. Now um, it's got but now it's got like different
6: things you can light like, up different colors at the same time and stuff,
0: right? Like we, I got in the X ninety nine Deluxe too that has those colored um, PCI Express uh, locks or what you call them, uh, yeah, uh, latches. Uh, but now this has like underbody lighting as well. Underbody and, lighting, yeah. Like see on the right oh, hand, hand like side, like go back up a little bit. So it's, go, it's glowing there, from underneath. See, see on the right hand side, oh, yeah, yeah. On the, on the right hand side, it's got like underbody glow. On it. Um, plus, it has the have ground effects. 50 50 mean, really yep.
3: uh,
4: But they moved that PS2 port, which is just weird.
0: Yeah, what's doing it doing over there? Oh, yeah.
3: I don't
0: know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. All right. $599. Uh, this is the celebration of their 10th anniversary of Republic of Gamers, I guess.
5: I believe this is also the motherboard they announced they. We'll be releasing 3D models so that you can customize and put your name where it says like our the uh, Republic of Gamers. You can replace that with a nameplate that says Allen.
1: That's 3D printed.
5: Uh, I don't really need it No, no, but it could say Allen with the 3D printer.
1: Okay. okay. <laughs> I mean, we have I all think those. You're going to enhance the resale value so much by doing that. Be like, <laughs> yeah. this is Allen. This is the
6: Allen edition motherboard. Yeah, just sign it, and there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Perfect. All right, Down. Uh, what else? Down.
6: Um, wait a minute. There's two of those. All Asus
0: right. Avalon Concept PC. Mm. Uh-huh. Did you see that in person, Ryan, or have you... No, I did not. I guess you I weren't at it. What did you think about when, when you read through my little write-up on that? Did it, did it, look, did it immediately look like a record player to you? Yep. Uh, it
1: looked like a small, like a mini hi-fi system. Uh, it looked like it had a CD cartridge changer in the front. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of staring at it. It's interesting to go without cables. I don't think it's going to catch on at all. It's just a nice proof of concept, in my opinion, but I like it. The problem is
0: the cost on these
1: components, I think, because how are you going to get the industry to standardize? modular components.
2: Well, I don't think that modular Oh, well, we've power already standardized that PSU shoved in and out of a a case at <laughs> times.
6: Actually, uh Sebastian, this power supply has your uh name all over it because look at that old school uh, you know, PCI 32 uh connector they're using for for the pit.
1: Are you sure that isn't just like the PCB from a Nintendo? Yeah, game? that's
6: that's where all those old you have to you have to blow on this power supply before you turn the <laughs> yeah.
1: system that's on. Power supply problem. Just that's the, the troubleshooting guide. If it doesn't work, <laughs> it won't boot. Try unplugging and plugging the power supply back in. Try blowing it out with an air compressor.
6: Oh, it has it has it has VGA fingers, Josh.
1: Yeah, uh-huh. Well, you know
2: what? And they're also announcing the K7M Anniversary Edition motherboard. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No. <laughs> the The idea behind Avalon is that uh, ASUS says um, there hasn't been any real innovation in cases and platforms because the people who make the motherboards aren't the same people that make the cases. Um, and, and so they're like, well, we can do both of those things. So what happens if you build a case and a motherboard kind of as one piece? Uh, and the ideas are, are, are interesting, right? You have some modularity of things like the, uh, the rear panel connectors can be modularized or connected through PCI Express as opposed to some kind of proprietary thing. and you So you can actually have controllers in those uh, back panel connectors. If you scroll uh, up a little bit, uh, Alan. Yeah, um, see that's that the one, one yeah. thing that I actually really do kind of like about this
3: mm-hmm.
4: is a customizable back panel controller.
1: I yeah. agree. Like pick your it own, own IO. it's trying to
4: jam cool. the set stuff in. It's like you get to pick which one of them you want.
1: But you could do the same thing with a front panel in, like, a a five-and-a-quarter bay.
4: Absolutely. And I bet you the case does that as well, doesn't it?
1: So it's it's a matter of, like, are you going to do this with headers? Are you going to do it with, like, a custom back panel?
5: Scroll scroll down to the second photo, Alan. I just want to stare at that for a
2: while. You know what that looks looks like? It looks like our cheap Emerson Walmart special (laughs) stereo unit that you buy.
6: With plastic speakers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just wondering if the speakers were built in, you know?
3: Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah.
5: Like, like I, I've had this idea before. Like, like the ATX storm factor has been around for a while, and surely we could do something better. And I like the idea of them trying something, but number one, this will never come out. This is one of the things they announce at Computex that'll never see the light of day. Yep. Asus does that every year. Number two, they probably should have went a little more reasonable with it and not. Try to do this. Like, That's true. Like,
6: what's that case that uh, Kickstarter?
5: Mind got like? I
4: felt about the same thing about the level ten, the old BMW, oh. and what was it, thermal
6: tape? Yeah, the BMW designed yeah. case.
4: Yeah, like that thing was. Yeah, it's pretty. It's stupidly expensive, and it's going to be a pain in the ass to try and upgrade.
1: Look up the good try Apple twentieth anniversary Mac. Yes. <laughs> we will see the inspiration yeah. for this. Yes, the most ridiculously overpriced personal computer of the modern era and look like a I, high-end computer or like a stereo era? component.
6: <laughs> oh, as opposed God. to like the
1: Xerox Star days <laughs> of, you know, $20,000 home PCs.
6: Is this them taking a whack at like uh, B&O or something?
0: No.
1: Bang
6: and Olufsen? Yeah, because that's what it looks like they were trying to yeah, do. Yeah, those kind of look like nah, it No one
0: knows. I mean, Not they're really. trying to make a computer. I, the, the funny part to me is that like, the video card is still the biggest, most obnoxious piece of this entire system, right? Like, they show one of their own uh, strict cool cards in the system, and they were like, Yeah. And as it turns out, we couldn't really figure anything out about the GPU because it requires so much power. So we just jammed one in here anyway. Um, <laughs>
3: uh,
0: <laughs> but it, it's it's an interesting idea. I would encourage you, Asus posted a story. Actually, uh, Jeff, who used to be at Tech Report, is now running the Asus Edge Up. Website and he had his, uh, a story written about he's this. Doing? Yeah, written about this project here. So, uh, I'm curious what people's thoughts are on this weirdness that is that. And then uh, Sebastian, they announced the Zenfone Three. They did three family. different
1: Zenfone Threes. So yeah. you three. start off with one that's the size of an iPhone Six Plus, so it's five and a half inches. So it's also 8. 1080p. I wouldn't be surprised if they're sourcing the same panel because it's IPS, so it's probably an LG panel. You move up to the Deluxe, which gets you a much faster processor. The, the base is like a, uh, a 625 Snapdragon, I think, just something very low-end. The Deluxe gets you a Snapdragon 820 or 821, depending on market. I have never even heard of the 821 until this. And then if you are truly insane or want to use your tablet as your phone, there is the nearly 7-inch Ultra version of the Phone 3 mm. so you have five and a half, 5.8 and 6.8 the 6.8 the only th- real difference because it, it's still 1080p all three of these are 1080ps so mm. a 6.8 inch phone at 1080p seems a little low but it it has a really big camera sensor in it 6.8
6: that's an yeah, inch, I know.
1: One inch I, shy I use their of promo uh, picture of because mini. the the lady holding the phone it it looks ridiculous. Like she's it looks like she's holding like an iPad Mini in her hands.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's one inch shy of it. It's so I remember years ago when when I told Brian to hold the tablet up to his ear to make a phone. Yeah, we were joking, and
1: and now you can.
2: It's you can.
4: <laughs>
1: this well, isn't so FaceTime. Thank I'm on the register sell, sell for coming home. up
4: with Fablet. Cause that's what that is.
1: That's yeah. A I don't fablet. know if that's phablet anymore. That's just, just a tablet. <laughs> oh gee, <laughs> look it's at the phone. look at the
6: dual tone uh, flash action there.
1: Oh, it's it's got a really impressive camera. I don't remember. It's like a three eighteen the IMX, IMX. It's a Sony twenty three megapixel sensor. But the the phone, as we know, the Zenfone two, which we reviewed here, it was a hundred ninety nine dollar phone unlocked, mm-hmm. but. I, it was obviously heavily subsidized by Intel, and it was Intel mobile SOCs. This, you know, Intel has obviously moved away from that market this year, and this is like a return to standard, like, ARM-based SOCs, and it's Snapdragon processors. Mm-hmm. The price only went up a little bit. It went up to 249 for the base Zenfone 3. If you want to move up to a higher-end product, it's a huge jump. It's double. So the Deluxe, which gets you like a high-end phone spec across the board, it's 499 So no longer is this like you know, a really premium-looking phone that you can get for next to nothing unlocked. You're going to have a choice, like do I want low-end specs at a low-end price or high-end specs at a standard unlocked phone price.
0: I, I'll be very curious to see how that affects them because one of the things I did notice in my um, – walks around hong kong yesterday and and all the different markets and electronics markets the asus brand was everywhere um for cell phones um you know it's it's a market that's very much looking for unlocked devices at low cost and and as you reviewed it it was a really good device for that price um so i'm curious how much this will affect them i yeah and and There was – well, we can talk about it another time, but like the markets over there were an amazing thing for for an American (laughs) person to see. Um, Basically, any cell phone that you could ever have imagined existing from a candy bar phone to the Galaxy S7 sitting in glass glass, uh, uh, display cases just stacked on top of each other with screen pictures already on them because they were all used phones just for sale – he, was mind-boggling. You can get
5: your iPhone upgraded to 128 gigs of storage. There are yeah, there are th- stalls I, I, that uh, desolder the BGA package yeah. and solder on the bigger capacity. Awesome. I yeah. took a
0: picture of in like 10 uh, minutes. There were two guys in a in a thing at a soldering thing, and they were I don't I don't know what they were doing at the time. Nobody really likes you taking pictures of them over there. Yeah, um, but. <laughs> But uh, I evidence. took a picture of them at work because it steals you know. their souls. <laughs> so, yeah, it's pretty impressive stuff over there. I'll have some pictures I'll show you. We we'll talk about it in the post show. Um, what else happened? Uh, EVGA happened at Computex. We already talked about their 1080 and 1070. You know, in the 1070s, they'll have similar ones. I was more curious. About, what do they call this power thing? <coughs> oh, that is the EVGA Power
4: Link adapter. Okay. And so this is if, a if, if you zoom in on, I, on I, it, it's easier to see. But So you plug this in to the end of your card, which you can see in the screenshot just above it. Right. So it it, it's LED. Plugged in, so it reroutes your cables so that now they're on the inside. They're on the so inside?
0: It's supposed well, to make it cleaner so that... You plug the cables into the side of the, the, like the back side of the video card as opposed to the top. So of the on video the card. bottom right of that EVGA
2: bracket is where the actual cables go into. Oh, okay. Right? right? So
1: it means
4: yeah, right there. you're not
1: dragging cables all the way out. Think about the ATI 5870 versus the 5770. Whereas <laughs> no. the 5770 had the cable coming about straight about out the things? back, the 5870 had it coming out the top. <laughs>
5: Why didn't and it's they just an LED put on it the power connectors on the side if they wanted it to be on the side?
6: Well, apparently that whole dissuading the quad uh, thing didn't didn't have an impact because...
4: Uh, no EVGA is even selling custom uh, bridges because that's what you were testing, wasn't it?
6: No, realize realized that bridge would not be the same as the HB. The HB would only have two pairs of ports on it. That goes. Yeah, because
1: of the bandwidth limitation. They said they can't go above two at full bandwidth, right?
6: Yeah. And there's no guarantee that all of those are currently servicing. Well, that's probably one of their older style bridges that actually does the diagonal crisscross thing with a single port used for each card. If you would direct your eyes a little bit lower Uh on
4: that picture. Oh, okay. Oh, no, the same one. Uh, you will see that uh, there is a f- integral fan controller, uh, as well as all of your power buttons, on the side of the case, oh, not the look front. At
3: that. Oh, yeah, my... we
4: saw
5: that case at CES. They gave this thing a name. Yeah.
4: Yeah, now it's yeah, the Dawn. It's, it's the Dawn good... Model DG87, mm. in fact. It's not a good name. All right. It's no, it's, the it's, only it's one. Not. But it's a nice shot of uh, Jacob. You can see him reflected. And uh oh. yeah, two new power supplies and colorful cables. They they were quick to point out that these are just a small smattering of the colors that will be available. Cool. So you'll be able smattering. to buy ESU sleeved cables in probably 187 or 18.7 million different colors just to match your nice. LEDs.
0: All right, our last CE or CES, ugh, our last Computex (laughs) (laughs) story. Actually, Uh, is not even a Computex story. Don't
6: worry. Uh, No, it's not a Computex. Well, I imagine they just launched it in tandem with Computex just because stuff's going on. What the hell is it? So we've, you know, seen how the Samsung 2.5 inch SSDs have gotten shrinkier and shrinkier and like less chips on them and, you know, the. Shrinkier, yes. Yeah, yeah. Remember like when I opened up the, um, what was it, like the 200G? No, like even the 250 gig, like 850 Evo. Just like an M-SATA SSD in there. It's like smaller than an M-SATA SSD, right? It's a controller and like one chip or two chips, like for Flash. Well, what if you just took the controller and the RAM and you stacked those dies on top of each other and then you took up to 64 48-layer VNAN dies and threw that on top of the other two things and then put it all in one BGA chip package? Um and by the way, that is a NVMe PCIe uh, SSD controller. So basically, you're talking similar performance, potentially, to a 950 Pro.
2: Potentially. Heat. potentially. You know how, Heat. Ma- how many pins they have on the bottom of that? Well, you There's don't not need- nearly as many leads as the M.2 uh, controller, well, the, the, the plug-in. Well, all, the you slot. Is,
6: uh, all you need is, uh, for four lanes of PCIe, all you need is, like, eight pins.
2: So No, you need more than that because of power well, and ground on PCIe. Yeah, power and
6: ground, sure. But the thing only draws, like, five or six watts. But the 950 Pro draws five or six watts. So, you H- know. How do you dissipate that heat? Uh, just right to the main board. It's soldered to the board. A chip can dissipate six watts that's on the board. Easily,
2: yeah. The problem with the, the the bumps do do a pretty good job of yeah. transferring heat.
6: Yeah. The problems with the M.2 stuff is that the you know it's floating above the board with maybe yeah. Well, I'm not I'm thinking much the form factor of device that this would potentially be in. They're going for laptops, right? And oh. remember it's only drawn six watts when you're actively like writing to it at 100 percent throughput, yeah. right? It's I mean it, it, Samsung SSDs in general have very good low power states to them. Um. Pretty aggressive on that, too. So, when you're not using it, it really does spin down to almost no power draw. Um, So, they're basically just taking all the stuff, jamming it into one part. And I am just so happy about this because this could be the beginning of the end for the EMMC crap that you see on everything. This is still going to cost more. Yeah, you see
5: EMMC because
1: it's so cheap on a lot of things. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. There's only one reason it's used.
6: Yeah, but. Here's the other cool thing about this. Uh, this is 48 layer TLC on a NVMe SSD. So this would be like the first time that we've seen an Evo equivalent of you know a uh, Samsung NVMe controller connected to something. Uh, it's not called an Evo. It's since it's like an OEM-ish kind of part. It's called a PM971-NVMe. So of course they had to go crazy with their naming for the OEM side, like they always do. Um, But they're claiming, you know, like, gig and a half uh, per second reads, uh, almost a gig per second writes. They do qualify that and say it's for turbo write, so that means that this will also have... do the SLC slash TLC thing that the Evos do. um, Potentially giving it, like, even better random write performance than, like, a 950 Pro, by the way, since you're writing straight to SLC most of the time. So... You know, interesting stuff. Um, It's just confusing as to what
5: will be a cheap enough device that they'd want to put this
6: in, but it's a more expensive part, substantially, I imagine. Well, I can tell you one thing it will probably end up in. What? Like, MacBooks. No. You
5: don't think so? Apple bought a storage company that made their controller for this reason, and they've been
6: using it. Which controller is that? It's their own. Their own now? Yeah. Like,
5: current a- current own? current Apple, current MacBooks have an NVMe controller that is Apple in-house.
3: Huh. The
4: That's Sant- that OWC crap, isn't it?
1: No, no, no. no. That's a bad OWC oh, no. is still know. on Sandforce. Yeah. Or Marvell by now, but... like, uh, but like they use the I'm same surprised.
5: IP in the mobile SSCs, and now they're
6: desktop, quote-unquote, huh. SSDs. Interesting. I wonder yeah. what those actually perform like. Oh well, Ken, then you it'll be buy in, one.
2: Then it'll then be in you know other have to buy another uh, Apple.
6: L. It'll be in other like you know high end ish kind of.
5: Yeah, like it, it, it was just the fact that Apple probably won't use it that was confusing me as to like.
6: Yeah, I guess we could see in I don't know. <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with shrinking the part. I mean, for anything that's like yeah, but it's not upgradable anymore. Uh, true, I, I get it. <laughs> I don't
0: know. It it was never upgradable. Uh, i mean you you could just an illusion
6: you, you could potentially make a new m.2 uh short shorter like really shorter length and just have just this on an m.2 board and then you'd be able to have it you know interchangeable. Be cute. it'd be yeah, it'd be so cute actually like what is it a 22 the wi-fi card size one yeah 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 and you know and you know pretty good performance too um anyway Yeah, so it's a half a terabyte, and also you can get it with uh, like half of that and half of that again. So 256 and 128 if you want uh, a shorter stack
0: of stuff crammed into that single BGA package. Nice. Yep. All right. Let's get to our hardware software picks of the week so we can get the hell out of here. No? Yes. We're going to anyway. Uh, my pick is uh, I actually started using uh, TunnelBear, which is a service. It's a VPN service uh, that I've seen advertised in a lot of other places. Simple, private, free access uh, to the open internet. It is free uh, up to I think you get you can get 500 megabytes per month of VPN access for free, um, and then it's 5.99 a month for unlimited. Uh, or I think it's $50 a year. I think that's what it is. Yeah, 50, 50, $49 a year or six ninety nine a month for unlimited data uh, through your VPN. You can connect up to five computers, tablets, or phones through uh, the network for that price. Um, I would say the majority of people don't really use VPNs. Probably more people should if you are connecting through a lot of public hotspots, uh, Wi-Fi at airports or coffee shops or... Uh, You know other things like that. I was using one because I was coming to China, and I was like, "Well, this seems like a good idea." Um, And then I was wanted to download some new episodes of a TV show to my iPad through Amazon Prime, but it wouldn't let me because I was out of the country. It said it was region locked. I was like, "Well, you told us you were working. What's that? You told us you were working, not watching TV. I'm I'm downloading them for the for the flight home. Uh, Uh. But I wanted so I wanted to preload like eight of them." On the device, the whole season worth of episodes, uh, and it wouldn't let me do it because I was region locked. So I could I downloaded TunnelBear, uh, enabled it. Now Amazon thinks I'm coming from the United States, and I was able to to download my my uh, episodes of uh, the Newsroom season three um, correctly. And then um, you know I just felt a little bit better using it on my PC while it was here you get you can have a you can install an application that will be like a windows level vpn or you could just install uh the browser plugin for chrome and you can have just browser based vpn if you're only really worried about stuff inside a browser right like if you're only using email through gmail or whatever then um that's that seems to work i haven't any performance issues i haven't had any issues with speed but uh, again i'm i'm halfway across the world and uh, uh don't really have an idea of what the, uh, the performance will be like at home, but they claim you should get eighty to ninety percent of your available bandwidth while using their their VPN. So um, it's worth trying out, especially if you get the 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 little version, which is five hundred megs of data free every month, um, and maybe you'll find it find it useful. So that's what I got. All right.
4: Next. Oh, sorry. I'm just telling Sebastian to rub. Whiskey on his kid's gums.
6: <laughs>
4: hey, this is in line,
6: this is in line this, with that uh, Aces thing we were talking about. This is how it
4: works. It didn't do me any harm. Anyways, um, uh, I get many, many, many Kickstarter emails. Uh, some of them I pass along, and this is one that I will. Uh, Dan Cases. We talked about this months ago when they were first talking about designing this. And it's Kickstarted. They're already funded. For about 260 bucks, you can get this case, uh, which is more impressive if you scroll past the video and go down into the, the build pictures. I, I look at it, and my fingers sort of started bleeding just because of how compact this thing is. But I'm impressed. It fits a full-size GTX 980 Ti. That is not easy to do in a small form factor system.
6: Actually, it barely fits. But it fits. And then on the other side, you cram in uh, the power supply. And either an air cooler
4: or an all in one. It's honestly, I'm looking at this thing, I'm going, this is pretty. Like, this is well designed. And you compare this to some of the other small form factor chassis, it's in line with the prices. It's got the uh, PCIe adapter so that you can mount the cards uh, sorry, vertically as opposed to horizontally. It, you know, if you're looking at something that has to be tiny but powerful, I'd look into this thing because it's already been funded two, three times over uh, last time I checked. Hmm. Uh, just short of three times over.
5: And it... This... Even though it's on Kickstarter, it should actually ship They're partnering with Lee and Lee like the... Yes. What was that other Kickstarter case? That big one that...
4: Oh, uh, that... That was
5: bad. The one that Sebastian reviewed.
4: Yeah. Uh, what was that Not case? Not the called? one that we wanted him to throw down the hill, but the other one. Yeah. Anyways, Lee, seems to be getting in,
5: Lee and Lee seems to be getting into this semi-custom business.
4: Doing these but sort I, of small runs. I'm looking at this thing. I'm impressed. Yeah, cool. It's it's worth looking into, anyways, because of that picture right there.
5: <laughs> you couldn't nice. make that, smaller. yeah. End
4: case, I think that was, N-case. N-case. yeah, it was. N-case. N-case. Yeah, end case is the one that fell over horribly and kind of deserved to. What? No, no, it didn't. It didn't, I know.
5: End case was a success, it was a great case. Sebastian loved oh, it, did it? Yeah, he didn't want to send it back. Oh. But it was a Kickstarter that Lee and Lee made the case for them, and this is the same sort of thing, so there's a lot of experience they yeah, have dealing with the old
6: Kickstarter stuff. Let's Haven't
4: go. we all at this point?
6: Yeah. Alright, so all you guys got a bunch of Amazon boxes lying around, um, right? You're not next. Oh, I'm not next? No. Oh, damn. Who's next? Oh, yeah. You're next. <sighs>
0: Which No, she um, she so the tabs. I'm I'm ready?
6: ready? I had the tabs open in the wrong sequence. Dolly. Now
2: that I look more human... What? Anyway, everybody needs a printer. Still, no. print out uh, airline tickets. No <laughs> things your kids want to turn into high school. <laughs> or or middle printers school. are the devil. They never doesn't work. matter. It's an inexpensive duplex printer, inkjet, fast. Can do duplex scanning as well. It can go up to eleven by seventeen, and it's only one ninety nine. Eleven by seventeen is pretty impressive also. It's it's damn impressive. One ninety nine ninety nine I mean sure so. ink does cost a bit, but you know they've they've improved the Intabella stuff, and it's not as horrific as it used to be. But you know what? It's it's kind of nice to be able to scan eleven by seventeen. It's nice to be able to print eleven by seventeen. What really stinks though I have drivers? to disable the brother software on my computer. Otherwise, when I start playing games, it crashes. See? because See? printers. Uh, yeah. Awful. Are printers you recommending right this there? printer? Hey, you know what? It's a good tool. You just got to learn how to use it. How long have you had this printer? <laughs> Year? Hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, it hasn't gone on fire yet. No, it has not caught on it's, fire. I've never seen a brother printer suspect. catch on fire. But I just do <laughs> realize that, you know what, you turn off the software that runs in your little taskbar that tells you, hey, your ink is low, and things run fine, and you can still print. It's more like, you're playing a game. No, crash. Yeah, that, <laughs> would, that, that sucks. That's before I realized that the brother software blows. But the hardware is pretty good. That's how old printers are. The that is always. That is correct. The
5: hardware's all always printers fine. Are like this. <laughs> because, cause as it turns out, we know how to make ink gen printers.
2: Apparently, we just can't make software that interfaces with them. Sorry,
5: yes. I, I, I really hate printers.
2: Oh, printers are. Oh. <laughs> that is why I am employed at a company, is because printers just don't effing work. PC loader. No. Yeah. <laughs> so, there you have it.
6: 199 for more. Now. So you guys got like a bunch of Amazon boxes lying around, right? Nope. Nope. (laughs) Well, you all suck then.
0: (laughs) I recycled them. Where's
6: Sebastian? I know know he's got Amazon boxes lying around. He gone. He gone? Okay. Well, other people listening to podcasts might have those boxes. And like, you know, I'm taking up space. You may not be able to get to the recycler so often start breaking them down and then you realize hey wait if i'm like selling other stuff on ebay i can like use the boxes but i want to break them down but then i don't know how big they are like because they're all broken down in a pile and mm-hmm. like you fishing through the pile and i'm like i started realizing like hey there's codes on these boxes it's got to be sort of like someone's made a list of these codes and mm-hmm. what the dimensions were so you can just look it up and then look for the code and then you've poof got the right size box well somebody did And, uh, why in
0: the hell would you have that many boxes?
6: Uh, what do you mean? Just stuff gets shipped to your house and Amazon and, like, from Amazon? Do you not have recycling? I have recycling and I do throw the boxes away often. But, you know, if you have a need to, you know, store some stuff with those boxes or ship some stuff off, like, sure. How are there that many boxes? There's all sorts of different boxes. Oh, there are many, many boxes. Yeah. There
0: needs In to be a phone house, app for this so I can, boxes.
4: like. This box is yours.
0: It needs to be able to have a camera that looks at the codes on the boxes and presents to you the data as you move over them. Oh, right? you want, like you want augmented reality. Yeah, you want AR, Amazon box yeah. dimension pop up. Yeah, if, if I have to go to a website and look up a freaking table. It's not as useful. Well, you know, when I'm just looking at the giant stack of boxes, I want tell the tell whoever made that website that we need augmented reality, Google, go, Google Goggle <laughs> style <Real> Sense. setup. <laughs>
5: yeah, you could use RealSense, and you just like
6: yeah. take real a picture, Sense. you take a yeah. picture
5: of what you want to pack. Yeah, and it the RealSense yeah, real
6: thing should
0: just do it all for yes. you. Like, here's your dimensions. Exactly. Okay, get this, get this box. Intel should hire us. They should. We'd be, we'd be pretty good at this. They just oh, fired yeah. 12,000 people, keep in mind. So, yeah. so
2: there's room for me. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. One of them was the and guy with working
4: $1,700 processors. Come on, the profit
6: yeah. margin. One of those guys That's they true. fired was it was working on the Real Sense Amazon box app. And now let's just go on.
0: <laughs> now, nah, this is a growth business. They'll hire us. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. It's in the cloud. That's all we got to say. And then boom, instant money. Augmented yep. reality cloud. Do you have a website?
4: Real
5: VR sense.
0: We are ready.
4: 18.6 million colors. Look at this.
0: <laughs> my my bottle got beat up. Look at that. What did you do to it? What uh, happened to it? It was in my backpack when I was in downtown Macau and in Hong That's Kong weak. yesterday. Was it and in the there? Paint, the paint just chipped off of it really easily. Was it in there with a brick?
2: No. No, no, I it's just... because the, the the bottle was was uh <clears throat> designed with asynchronous uh, paint. <laughs> asynchronous coating. Exactly. Yes.
0: What you, I, I, I what obviously do don't, don't understand it. that has the
3: uh Oh wow. What is that? Oh that,
0: that's uh HSA. I think that's it like well, you, you open it and then you close it and then you do that, and it creates like a, an airtight a, seal. A vacuum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, creates a vacuum. Like Interesting. Yeah. So anyway, uh, is that it? Are we done now for our show? Sebastian's not here to so. give us his uh, picks. So. Yeah, so I guess I'll have to wait till later. <laughs> Sorry, Sebastian. Oh, well. Uh, yeah, he's what's crying. It, kids what's the name walk of the fluid yours you, yeah,
2: not that you put on a rag, and you cover a child's face, and it falls asleep. Chloroform. <laughs> ether. <laughs> <Aether>? <laughs> ah, that's clo- yeah. chloroform. Chloroform or ether. He, he thinks that's a great thing.
6: Although I don't think yeah. it actually like, works for that purpose.
0: Oh, it well, will. It
2: sort of does. Yeah. I don't
6: know. The,
0: if he suffocates someone with a the rag, All there, right, there. Like, <laughs> Sure. <now. laughs> We're done. <laughs> Let's end the show. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us. A quick reminder, pcper.com slash podcast. Find all the back episodes and all the ways to subscribe to either excuse me, either the audio or the video versions of the show. Uh, Patreon.com slash pcper if you want to help support us. And uh, pcper.com slash subscribe if you want to sign up for the email list so that you know whenever we're doing live events, whether it be our podcasts, live streams, or other stupid things uh, like that. Thanks for hanging out. I know it was a long episode, um, but my internet is better than Josh's. And no, it's I not. Like to, Mine is fantastic to tonight. That. Yep. I'm Ryan Strout. I'm
2: Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh with highly improved internet functionality. And I'm Alan Malentano.
0: <laughs> Bye. If you enjoyed this content, consider supporting in-depth technical content by contributing at patreon.com slash pcper.